Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Hey, Cara here, just popping in to ask you a quick question. Are you dealing with meltdowns? Of course you are. You're a toddler mom. What if there was a tool that could help you manage your own emotions and triggers better so you can help your child return to center faster inside the meltdown moment? I am so excited to share my free guide with you. I've even recorded audio files, five mindful mantras for conscious moms managing toddler meltdowns. Grab it today with the link in the show notes, then download the audios and manage meltdowns consciously. Welcome back to the Transforming the Toddler Years podcast. I have been getting this question a lot lately, so I decided to do an episode on it. My messages are kind of getting filled with, does my child need a behavioral assessment? Oh, this is a big one. And I will share with you how I feel about the general need and when behavioral assessments are really necessary from my childhood education background, and also the many, many years of watching different human beings evolve and seeing when they were needed. But let me start with a story. I love storytelling for you. So my daughter, Claire, who's now 20, was a challenging child. Uh, put a capital C on both of those words, and you're kind of almost there. <laughs> Her first five years were so hard. They were hard for her. They were hard for me. It just felt like this energy of chaos all the time inside of her. And so I felt like I was just managing chaotic energy, trying to understand her and soothe her through it when I didn't really understand it. The things we know now that I didn't know then help make sense of it, right? That she had some medical issues that had yet to be uncovered, that she was a highly sensitive kid, that she literally had sensory processing bodily issues, that she had some anxiety, some social anxiety. Oh, what a cocktail, right? Of course she felt so uncomfortable in her body and in social settings and was just reacting to all of it consistently. And so by the time I did a ton of work, obviously, you all have gotten to know me a great deal through the podcast. Um, and if this, this is the first time you're listening, then I did a ton of work. I got her into all the T's, the speech and language pathology. I got her into OT and PT, and we did the deep tissue massage to regulate her body. And I got her into all things. And for the actual 
traditional medical issues, we solved those too. But I was in constant problem-solving mode. It was a lot of work and energy. And so by the time she started kindergarten, I was like, all right, we need to figure out what's actually going on here. Where is this root cause? And so I called for a behavioral assessment. And this really brilliant child psychoanalyst came down, observed my child in kindergarten, interviewed me, interviewed her, did the whole thing, the whole gamut. And he looked at me and he said, talk about eating a little humble pie when you are a teacher and you do actually think that you've got it all, like you're doing all the right stuff. I think you might actually be exacerbating her anxiety reaction. I said, whoa, tell me more. And so we started to work together. And he said, yes, everything that you've identified as a physiological or a cognitive struggle for her is real. But she is capable of tackling so much more than you're giving her credit for. You're constantly stepping in to try to solve them for her. What we need is to give her the space and time and opportunity to see if she can solve some of them for herself while you're there supporting, obviously, keeping her safe. It was a really, really special wake-up call. And I'm forever grateful to this doctor who easily could have said, and I would have been fully open to it, she needs all the therapies. She needs all the behavioral management therapies. Did she actually go to therapy? Yeah. We did a traditional therapy eventually, but we started with play base. And if not for his honesty and saying, you have to really notice who she is and give her space to tackle some of this on her own so that that's a skill that she has developed inside of herself and those strategies travel with her, whatever setting she's in wherever she goes. I may have jumped on the behavioral management bandwagon and who knows, I could have continued doing more harm than good for a long time. So I'm always open, transparent, and honest with you. And honestly, back then, I was just starting to get my groove on, right? Because my kids are essentially my biggest beta program ever. I was just starting to get my collaborative parenting groove on and see that all the strategies I brought with me from classroom management and being a teacher, like those did matter, obviously, but that the humanness mattered more. The exactly who did I bring into the world and what are her current challenges and how do I let her be inside of them while supporting her to tackle them? That mattered more. So this is where my collaborative parenting really started to gel. And I thank this doctor. I can't remember his name and I feel terrible about that, but this was a long time ago. For 
putting me back on the path that I always wanted to be on. Okay, so now let's talk about you. You're in a different space. You parented through a pandemic. The energy around it was intense. Post-pandemic parenting is a whole new world. And your kids do have legitimate struggles. They are legitimately behind in their milestones, meeting speech milestones and gross motor and fine motor milestones. And they're highly sensitive because the world is a scary place they haven't spent a ton of time in and they have the social anxieties. But does that name that sound familiar? Claire had all that going on too. And so I hear these parents saying, I've got the speech and language in place and we've got the PT and we've got the OT and everybody's telling me that based on my child's huge reactions and quote, bad behaviors, we need to get a behavioral assessment. And I'm here to say, maybe, but probably not, or at least not yet. Your kid deserves a chance, a chance to learn what it's like to navigate these things they didn't have an opportunity to during that huge pandemic pause for part of or potentially all of their life. The people who are telling you this, they're looking at the checklists, they're looking at the rubrics, and they're saying, your child is three years old. They should be able to do this, 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 and this. Well, sure, chronologically, your kid's three. But developmentally, socially, Interpersonally, the ability to understand how to control their physical body or their emotions? No, they're not. Kids who are typically developing and regulated in every single one of those ways had opportunities to practice it consistently in different settings, with different people, hearing different voices, having different expectations put on them, the social constructs of their world were huge and massive. That was not the case for our COVID kids. The social constructs of their world were isolated and limited. So I say, how about we start by re-anchoring the parent-child relationship in the way that you want? How about we start inside the home where this all began and Use some collaborative parenting. How about we give them the opportunity to do this, to practice this in those other settings, their new preschool, their daycare, the new class that they're attending, the music class or the dance class, while we support them through it with the strategies and the permission while we start to help them grow into opportunities to navigate this for themselves. I am a huge fan of proactively trying to navigate something before we go to the worst case scenario. Because if you go through all this testing, first of all, you're not going through it there, and talk about a stressful, overwhelming, confusing 
situation where a perfect stranger is asking you 27,000 questions and expecting you to react or respond immediately. And it's confusing to you, right? So you're adding stress. Any type of assessment is a stressor. And so I'm a big fan of waiting until we really, really know we need that information because what do you get from an assessment? Data. But you also end up with a label. Data is really, really valuable. Labels can be too if they're necessary. But they can be a hindrance if we jumped at this too soon. If you have a child that ends up labeled ADHD, when really they just didn't understand how to move inside a social setting. And so they were just bopping around everywhere because they didn't realize this is how it works yet. Now you have a label. And with labels can come belief systems. And you can start to believe a lot of things about your child that actually aren't true. And then you're creating stories for them. And then they take their childhood stories and they start to believe those about themselves. Well, I have ADHD, so that's just not something I can do. Ooh, I know I told you I have a lot of strong feelings about this. Save the assessments as the last point of entry after you've tried everything else. And if you just feel like you're struggling so intensely, that your toddler, and your preschool's behavior is just so out of control and you just don't know what to do. I am here to help because honestly, you are at this helm. Say you get the assessment and the assessment says, okay, they need cognitive behavioral therapy or ABA therapy for X number of months for once a week, 30 minutes a week with a specialized human being is not going to change the trajectory of your child's outcomes. You are 24-7, seven days a week. You are the one who's on the job. When you change your perspectives and you change your mindset and you start to look at things differently through the eyes and the experiences of your child is when your child starts to change theirs and you end up on the same page that is where the behavior management starts. It starts with you and it continues into them. And then you're a team and you have the right language that you need and you have the right connection that you need to navigate the tricky stuff together. My Transforming the Toddler Years course brings you through this evolution although the doors are currently closed on the course until the new year. But if you are struggling and you are looking for an eight-week intensive one-on-one -on -one parenting coach experience to figure out who exactly your child is and who you are and how you two can anchor into a relationship that is so strong, it's bulletproof, that you can help them choose different behaviors, then let me know. Use the link in the show notes. Let's hop on a call together and let's see if working together is going to help you transform your experience and theirs without having to go do the stressful 
overwhelming testing. Until next episode, thank you for being you. I so appreciate you out there raising the next generation of world-ready kids as we transform the toddler years.